AJ, um, you want to hear some football trivia? Um, okay. Did you know that, that there was a football player whose nickname was Clipboard Jesus? Um, okay, did he play football with a clipboard? Or did he... Kind of. Yeah, I'm just, how, how do these two things fit together? Okay, so... Uh, the the way backup quarterbacks work, um, it, like obviously, like if the if the starting quarterback gets hurt or something, if he can't play, the backup goes in and plays in his place. Like that that's obvious. But um, quarterbacks are pretty smart, so usually, like they they're not just on the sideline waiting for someone to get a horrible leg injury. Mm. Um, like they're they're involved, like they're. They're helping the the starting quarterback to see things, and um, like remember plays and stuff like that. Um, so, it, before like iPads were a thing, or a widespread thing at least, um, the backup quarterback would hold a clipboard with all the plays on it. So. The vernacular was, if you're a backup quarterback, you would hold a clipboard for the starting quarterback. Um, and this guy named Charlie Whitehurst was like a career backup. I don't, I don't know if he ever started <laughs> a, a game for a team that really wanted him. Mm. Um, so he and he had long, long straight hair, um, and I'm pretty sure he, he. he his background was somewhere from the Mediterranean, so he kind of looked like Jesus. So, so people called him Clipboard Jesus. Okay, yeah, and he just he just stands on the sideline with a clipboard and his Jesus hair. Yeah, but basically, <laughs> like it. I, I know it's stupid, but it made me laugh. So, hmm. I I just it, it's like he he played like. 10, 15 years ago or something like that. Like, I just remembered it for no reason and was like, we, we're shit at starting podcasts. So mm. <laughs> like, why not just spit out this random bit of football trivia? Mm. Also, welcome back. I'm sure Eugene's missed hearing from you. Hi, Eugene. So Also, hi, Jade. Hi. Yep. <laughs> and... For all the clacking background noises that you're going to hear in this episode, that's because I'm playing the new Metroid, because everybody's talking about it since it just came out, and I'm trying to get through it so I can unmute the gaming box and be part of the conversation again. That's alright, it's usually just memes. Yeah. yeah, I mean, it's just, I don't know, it just annoys me when it's like, oh, people are talking about things, that's like, oh, I, I, I want to be farther in the game you know I, it came out yesterday um which because we're a global community means it came out like a day and a half ago in other parts of the world um or more i don't know time but yeah no pe- people had and you know, we're talking about it before it was even out here um and then i had to work yesterday so i didn't get the game until after work and then i spent all afternoon playing it and from what i did yesterday i I feel like I'm. I got at least fifty percent through the game, so I think by now I'm maybe sixty, seventy percent through the game. 
you know, just wait wait until you get to the the secret fourth act mm. there might be i mean you know early thoughts on the game if you've played samus returns on 3ds it's pretty much the same thing it's you know it's a metroid game you run through a lot of big expansive platforming sections where you get turned around and confused and spend like an hour trying to get your bearings again and some of the bosses are a pain in the ass and there's lots of items and stuff and you know it it's fun it it's nothing new necessarily and you know the whole like controls and abilities and everything it feels a lot like the 3ds like the 3ds game from a couple years ago is pretty much the prototype for this game um and yeah it's a metroid game so like there is a story but it's kind of barely a story you know at this point i feel like i'm you know like like 70 percent through the game and there's been only two major story cutscenes but it does have a couple major cutscenes and events and things i mean you know once again the story's tying back to i i was thinking about it earlier it seems like all the metroid games since two have either tied back to one or two um, in a direct way. Not, nothing else exists. Yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. Because the first one it's... is about Samus goes to <clears throat> Planet Zabes to destroy the space pirates and the Metroids that they stole from a Galactic Federation transport thing. I think. Yeah, you know, I think that's how the Metroids ended up there. It's an <laughs> NES game, so. You know, you just dropped right into the action, but I think it was the, yeah. the Galactic Federation found some Metroids, and then the Space Pirates stole them, and so she has to go kill Red Ridley and Kraid and Mother Brain, and blow up their base and escape. And then Metroid 2, which the 3DS version actually, like, expands on the lore of that with some of the stuff that was added in the manga after Fusion came out and just, you know, kind of retconned what was going on on that planet. Metroid 2 takes place on the planet SR388, which at the time was just described as the home world of the Metroids. Turns out the Metroids were actually created by the Chozo, who made Samus's armor and raised her after she was orphaned. Um, and the Metroids were created to eliminate this thing called the X-Parasite, which comes up in Fusion after... Because in Metroid 2, Samus kills all the Metroids on SR388, except for this one baby one that latches onto her, and then she takes it to a science lab, and that's how Super Metroid starts. The, the Samus is my favorite popular video game character that commits genocide. Yeah, yeah, yeah. no, she, she genocides <laughs> the species, except for the one baby, which she takes to a science lab and drops off and figures everything will be fine, and then Ridley steals it, and then she has to go back to Planet Zabes and pretty much do Metroid 1 again except better because it's super metroid and it's a classic and um and yeah maybe i should play that one it, it's on the it's on the switch thing i think yeah i mean soup you know the the nes and game boy you know metroid 1 metroid 2 don't hold up that well in terms of gameplay uh super it's you know one of the definitive metroidvania games so it just yeah like Every Metroid game since then has been, well, except like you know the Prime games. Those, well, th those are like trying to adapt the style of Super into a th 
you know, 3D first-person shooter exploration-based game. Um, but yeah, Super is pretty much how all the games have been since then, with just improvements on top of that. Um, and yeah, that one, it's, you know, starts off Samus, gets, she drops off the baby Metroid, gets stolen by Ridley, she goes to Zabus, goes through all the areas of that planet, fights Ridley and Kraid and Mother Brain again, um, and blows up the planet completely. So there's no more Planet Zabus. Um, which, if you've played Adventure Mode in Super Smash Bros. Melee, you might remember that from the Adventure Mode, because they have the escape from Zabus, and then the planet explodes. And then you're on Kirby's uh, planet, because you're traveling through space, why not? That's the closest I've come to playing a Metroid game. Yeah, yeah no, you, you got well, the highlights. Either, either that or playing... escape through a tunnel, and things explode. And Samus takes her clothes off, to. Yeah, you know, the amount she takes off is the dependent on how well you did in the game. <laughs> Hell yeah, gamer! Yeah, yeah if if you didn't do that great, <laughs> maybe she takes the helmet off. If you did super great, now she's in a bikini. If a you speed run that bitch, she you you speed run that bitch. Uh, she just does hardcore porn. Yeah, yeah. People have been trying to get that, you know, since the NES days, all that pixelated porn, but nobody's quite achieved that level of speedrun. Damn. Uh, I... Or maybe they have. I was gonna... Well, yeah, they, they'll probably keep it secret. Mm. Yeah, because, the NES because one Sam, also... Samus is their waifu. Yeah, you, you could enter the password Justin Bailey. And nobody knows who Justin Bailey is, but it results in... Um, I, I don't remember if that one is... You have all the items unlocked, or if it's just, you know, it, the the game has like a second playthrough after you've beaten it. You can play through again in the Zero Suit, which in that game was like a red, like, ballerina leotard looking thing almost. You know, that kind of one-piece swimsuit outfit. Um, uh, Baywatch? Yeah. Yeah, pretty much, yeah. With green hair. Because there's only so many colors you can do on NES. Right. Um, Was it like four four colors at once or something? Yeah, something. Maybe eight tops. Um, That's how many bits they have. Yep. Yep. <laughs> Sorry. And, uh, <laughs> yeah, maybe that's why they call it that. Um, and then Metroid Fusion was Game Boy Advance, and that one was... Um, where they revealed that since the Metroids have been eliminated from SR388, the X-Parasite didn't have a Predator anymore, and so you came back, and the X-Parasite is this, like, floating goop blobs that can transform into, like, they, they, like, suck the life energy out of things and then create clones of, like, zombie clones of them. Um, oh no, they're incels. Yeah. So, um, so Samus gets infected with some X parasite, but the scientists save her and find this vaccine using the last remaining Metroid DNA because with the baby Metroid now dead, there's no, you know, Metroids are completely extinct. Um, but they, they inject her with this vaccine that makes her able to resist X parasite and consume them like a Metroid. So Samus is part Metroid, um, and then she ends up on this 
base where there's like a bunch of habitats that are all imitations of planet Zabus. Or I think, I think yeah, I'm pretty. I'm, it's either Zabus or it's SR three. It's like those are the two big planets in the mainline games. Um, but yeah, no, she's gone through this like station that's got like a environmental recreation of those places and finding out oh there's like secret you know government conspiracies going on and long story short blows up the whole base to destroy the ex-parasite that has gotten on board um jade i have a question hmm? how many metroid games don't end with the the base or planet that samus is on being blown up i don't think metroid prime pinball ended with that <laughs> Um, and Metroid Prime Hunters <laughs> does have a big fight. I don't think there's an escape run after it. You know, the planet might have exploded, but it didn't have that countdown timer run away before things explode. And I haven't played Other M in Ranger so game. long, I don't remember if Other M had an escape run. Like, there, there is an escape run before the final boss, but I don't remember if there's an escape run. Af- I don't think there is after the final boss. So I think after you beat the final boss, then the you know, some government guy gets arrested because he, he's exposed as a bad guy or something. He's, I don't know, weird ending to a weird game. I've, I've played Mighty Morphin Power Rangers versus Ivan Ooze, so I, I think I get the gist. Mm. Yeah, I know, it's basically the same thing. Um... So then, yeah, Metroid Dread picks up after Fusion. Um, and the Prime games happen in between the first and second mainline game, but they're so self-contained that they're practically their own timeline. Um, oh, and also, I don't remember if Metroid Prime Federation Force, the one where you play as chibi versions of uh, Federation soldiers, I don't remember if that one had a big planet blowing up at the end or not. Um... But yeah, no. Uh, Dread, the new game, just came out, picks up after Fusion, and it's, um, Samus gets sent a video, um, showing an ex-parasite on this random remote planet, um, and she goes there to investigate, and gets attacked by a Chozo warrior, um, you know, they're, they're like bird people. They're the ones who raised Samus after she was orphaned and stuff. They're, 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 the Chozo are usually just in, like, the background. You see them in, like, the architecture of places, but you don't usually see them in person. And there's one of them in person this time, and he's a bad guy. You know, it kind of feels like Halo 4 when they brought in the Forerunners, but they were bad guys. Um, but... Or or Jack Three when they brought in the precursors and they turned out to all be weasels. Mm. Yeah. Um, yeah. Exactly <laughs> like that. I I, <laughs> I I need I need to send you that video because it's pretty good. Mm. Um. But yeah, and like I've gotten far enough from the game that some of the like what's really going on here things have been revealed, but I'm. I'm not going to spoil those until I have the complete picture. So, yep. So if you hear 
you know, button taps, that's because my controller is in front of the microphone, so you'll hear the buttons, but the TV is far enough away that um, the microphone, I don't think, is picking it up. You know, the sound test sounded like it wasn't picking it up, so. Yeah, so that's Metroid. Yeah, I I occasionally hear the little clickety-clicks, but... Mm. It's not a big deal. Yeah, because I'm speaking to you through my phone, which is sitting in my lap, which is right next to where I've got the controller, so you're probably hearing even more. Yep. Um, so, yeah, so we've been holding off talking about Venture Brothers until you were back. So that's one thing we've got for this episode. Um, but also, <clears throat> did you have any thoughts or things you want to say about Star Wars Visions, Shang-Chi, or Venom 2? Because those were all things um, that I said my piece on. The, the only one I watched was Visions, and I loved it. Mm. All of it. <laughs> uh, I mean, I love some of I love some of them. Okay. Uh, I mean, I, I I appreciate all of it, but I loved like half of them. Mm. Um, produ- production IG's one, one um, where. Um, there's the, the Jedi they have the lightsabers, lightsabers. yeah, yeah the the lightsabers that change like they're basically mood sabers <laughs> <laughs> that change color depending on which um, is, it's weird that nobody's done that before now because it works is an idea yeah yeah like how do we tell how many of these jedi are secretly sith yeah just yeah, it's like every, everybody, knows what that these, says evil. Yeah, everybody knows what these lightsaber colors mean, but, you know, why why do we need to limit it to what color or crystal they dug out of a cave? Let's just say that the, it reflects your whatever. Yeah, and I, I really like the idea that there was a, that one guy who wasn't really a Sith, but he was, hmm. like... The, yeah, like, like the guy with the ominous red-eyed mask who looks like a Sith, but he's not. And then all these Jedi Masters standing around and they pick up their sabers and they're red. Yeah. And then for... Like, the, there was the one guy who, like, after... Oh, after yeah, yeah, the, the purple the lightsaber Sith get guy, killed. Yeah. yeah, like, his, his lightsaber goes from red to purple. Yeah. And the guy's basically like, you okay, dude? And he's like, yeah, the, like, the dark side kind of took over me for a minute. Yeah, like, that was cool, and it makes sense, given that, like, Mace Windu's the only guy we've seen with a purple lightsaber. I mean, there was also Kip yeah. Duran, but nobody read the books. Um, but Mace Windu um, <laughs> is, you know, primarily known for, like, his, at least in the lore, is known for like, his Sorry. aggressive fighting style. That he uses a fighting style that borders on the dark side with how intense it gets. So it makes sense that purple would be like the borderline color for lightsaber. And also, yeah. Kip Duran did some, uh, you know, he like stole a sun destroying weapon called the Sun Crusher and blew up a star system. So I, uh, yeah, he's done some uh, <laughs> aggressive things. Not with his lightsaber. That's but... totally. That's totally a light side thing to yeah. do. Yeah, no, he he was under the influence of a. Ghost of a Sith Lord at the time. Yeah, like that 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 episode was it. It was like the most Star Wars. Yeah, even just like and, the way it's shot and framed and everything. 
They do like the yeah, slide like, wipes and transitions. Like which is which is cool, um, but I also like the the ones that were way out there. Um, oh, like the twins. Like the, the what's like that? The twins. I <laughs> I appreciate the hell out of the twins. Like I don't think it's good as a Star Wars thing, but I don't care. It's mm. <laughs> it's it's cool, and I like it. Um, like I. I don't think it really fits <laughs> the premise of the show, mm. but I'll take it. I, I love Trigger's bullshit. Yeah, I um, mean, compared to Rise of Skywalker, <laughs> you know? It is better than Rise of Skywalker. Yeah, I mean, at least it knew what it was trying to be. Yeah, it it was trying to be Garen Lagan. Mm. Um in, in Star Wars, and it, it was good at doing that. Mm. Um, but I'm also glad that Trigger got to make two episodes. Mm. Yeah, um, so they can make a better one. Yeah, one where they can get Imaishi's bullshit out all in one episode, mm. and then another one where they can give it to somebody else who <laughs> wants to make a Star Wars yeah. thing. Well, I I shouldn't say that, because the the twins, like, I think it was he wanted to make a Star Wars thing so much that he couldn't, like, restrain himself. Yeah, it's just that, like, the things um, that he likes about Star Wars aren't really the things that are essential to Star Wars. Like, the yeah, like, twins mythology thing, you know, like, the importance of yeah. twins is, you know, depends on the story, whether or not that's even a thing that matters. If they want to yeah, talk about how Rey and Kylo are a forced dyad, then suddenly twins are important. <laughs> I mean, also, Luke and Leia. Yeah, well, yeah, that's where it all really comes from. The, the you know, George Lucas yeah. pulled out the twi- bullshit twist of secret twin sister. There is another. Came out of nowhere and then you know, truncated his six-movie plan down to three movies, so instead of a sister they had to go find, it was just Leia all along. Yeah. (laughs) And, you know, just everybody forget about them, you know, kissing and stuff over the last two movies. Yeah. And Leia using Luke to make Han jealous. Yeah, Yeah, we'll we'll just ignore that, because we don't want to make another three movies right now. This shit is exhausting, so we'll just... Keep the secret sister thing, make it Leia, and 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 then it all culminates in Leia just catapulting herself <laughs> with the force into a, a the ship she just got blown mm-hmm. out of. Yeah. Well, I mean, she still got yeah. another movie after that where she recycled lines that were recorded for like you know unused takes from the previous two movies. Yeah, and then just decided to lay down they, on a bed and make Kylo stand there while he got stabbed, so she'd get stabbed at the same time and die. <laughs> but they frame it in a way that it's reminiscent of Obi Wan, so you're supposed to think it's more meaningful than that. Yeah, it's it's like poetry. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, okay, let's see. What other um, good episodes were there? Um, I I like the I like the first mm-hmm. one by um, Kamikaze Do- Doja. 
or Doga, I forget. Yeah, that's um, the one they actually, I don't know if it's out yet or coming soon. They're doing a novel based on that one. So I assume it'll be like further adventures of that character hunting down Sith. Yeah. The Sith who hunts other yeah. Sith. Um, but uh, trivia, I'm pretty sure that they're the people who made, made the first JoJo openings, which are pretty cool. Mm. Um, and I think they made Batman Ninja. Oh, cool. Yeah, that's one that's on the list of stuff for us to watch on this show at some point. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, like the I did not expect the black and white um, aesthetic, mm. but I mean that was yeah. Like Kurosawa films were one of the inspirations for the original Star Wars, so it makes sense that they would do a yeah. Kurosawa film styled uh, episode. Yeah, I. I I never, I never really put that together, but that's that's true. Yeah, because um, I just, I remember it came up in like the making of Star Wars documentary that like the Hidden Fortress was one of the big inspirations. Like the whole C three PO and R two D two characters were based on characters from that movie. I think. Yeah. Yeah, I mean one one thing about George Lucas is that he is not afraid to just take inspiration from whatever he likes and just throw yeah. it in. Um, okay, so the the second episode was was the worst. Mm. <laughs> is the, the, the singing you are one. Okay. With the <laughs> <laughs> I mean I, I'm sure in Japanese it sounds cooler than it did in <laughs> Oh my god! I mean, it's disappointing for me because I really like Jab of the Hut and all those aliens and stuff. You know, like they get the Rodian dancer back in there, and like that was cool. But the yeah. music is just so bad. Yeah, it, it, <laughs> like they they bet on their music saving uh, the the hut yeah. um, from execution. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and like it's just not that good. Yeah, it's like we're gonna sing a pop song and it unites the gal. You know, it's like the Bill and Ted of Star Wars, except without the charisma of Bill and Ted. <laughs> that's a that's a ridiculously good way to put it, actually. Yeah, um, yeah it th that was probably the worst. And then they have twins, which is ridiculous, and I love mm. it, but. Yeah, we, we talked about that one. Um, yeah, and the fourth one was the boring the, one the with village the village bride. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, the one that just seemed like a kind of a folk tale that could be done in any universe. Yeah. Like, it, it. It kind of just dragged on, but didn't really have anything to like expound on mm. that was worth it dragging on oh yeah and i forgot um, when i recorded my thoughts i had forgotten pretty much everything that happened in episode nine and i watched that one again so yeah it was it was decent not the best not the worst yeah um <clears throat> all right toby oh uh, i i i i really like that mm. one 
I mean, it, it's it, it's an it, it was great ep- great execution yeah. of a weird premise. Yeah. It, it's it's a fun Astro Boy episode where he has a lightsaber and is in the Star Wars universe. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I it was a good one. Like, like you had that's one you have to watch. Mm though just because the, oh, the yeah, animation the, ex- is yeah. so expressive yeah. like it, it's is is like i i like the the ninth jedi um because it is like production ig at their best but like they have a very like realistic like character design mm-hmm. um whereas um i i, f- I forget the name um shit anyway mm. um toby is like very expressive and beautiful um so it's probably my favorite one to look mm. at um i i didn't know where i was going with that anymore uh, um see which no okay so seven i think we're up to seven that's the, the other trigger one yep that's the elder yeah. which yeah the one with that is probably the fight. <laughs> the the second most um star wars story yeah i know it's got like a cool fight and uh old guy who's basically like darth scion from knights of the old republic <clears throat> 2 where he's only alive because he's just willing his body to stay together yeah and like you said it's basically an alternate telling of episode yeah. one without without Anakin. Yeah. yeah, just the idea of there are Sith out there and we didn't know about it. How many more might be out there? Which is what Phantom Menace was trying to do, but also trying to do so many other things that you know, didn't for the most part work out. Banking sanctions. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Ocho, which I mm. loved. Um, <laughs> yeah, that one, it seems like it's the most divisive, at least from communities, of, you know, like it, you know, I think on it, on its own terms, it is very good. And I, you know, I liked it. I felt like it felt Star Warsy enough to be good. But the fact yeah, that it, it stars a furry character seems to be putting people, <clears> up, at least in the other Discord that I'm in, that's a like more Star Wars centric one. Oh, like here's the thing I find a lot of fairy characters off-putting personally mm. but I, I still love this one yeah um, like j- just because the, the like the fact that she was a, a rabbit person doesn't really matter yeah um, yeah, yeah I mean it's it, it's 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 just there to like visually show that she she's an adopted member of the family yeah I mean she's an alien um, and, you know Chewbacca's like a giant dog um <clears throat> slash bigfoot man so whatever yeah. we can have animal people it's fine and the yeah. story itself isn't you know about that it's it uh, yeah i thought it worked yeah, yeah it, it 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 was it was very good like i i thought it was like structured very well yeah. just it it flowed from scene to scene like the, the only like 
people can talk about characters um, getting evil off screen. Yeah, I mean, if it like, hadn't been you've restricted got 20 minutes. to only being a 20-minute episode, then they yeah. could have had more development there. But, you know, there were how, how many, <clears throat> like a decade or two between the opening scene and the present, so... Yeah, I think it was like 10, 12 years, something like yeah, that. Yeah, it's plenty of time for the human sister to become a bitch, so... <laughs> um, and the last one is the one you you rewatched. That was just um, yeah, a story of a guy having like nightmares about a dark <clears throat> future, like Anakin did, and then ends up pledging yeah. himself to the sinister Sith Lord person who shows up, and you know after he like accidentally kills his wife girlfriend whatever except betrothed um, fiance love yeah. interest <laughs> yeah he he kills the but, woman who's important to him on accident because they dressed her up like a, <clears throat> a you know soldier um but then unlike anakin he actually does get the power to bring her back because he does bring her back but he's still you know committed himself to the dark side in the process and so he's yeah on his long march to hell now it because he sacrificed his honor to sleep it, it's a lot more concise it's a lot more concise version of anakin's story from the prequels yeah. um and I, I i think it really works as a short story i i thought it was a weird one to end on mm. <laughs> Because it has a downer ending. But not as much um, of a downer as if she'd stayed dead. Like Padme. Yeah. <laughs> Padme, Panda yeah, Bear, whatever the fuck. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> oh, yeah, and that reminds me of another thing I need to mention. They did... <clears throat> so last year around Christmas, they did a Lego Star Wars special on Disney+. Plus. I thought it was terrible, but it was there. Um, this year they did a Halloween one called Terrifying Tales, um, and I actually kind of liked it, and I bring it up because the Emperor is basically the robot chicken Emperor. He, he's not in the whole thing, but he is just a sassy dick anytime he shows up. Cause, yeah. Did he throw the Senate at him? Uh, the whole fucking Senate? No, but there's things with him and, like, Darth Maul comes back. Yeah, you know, and they, like they make a lot of jokes about you know, Darth Maul and his robot legs and stuff. Um, but the, <laughs> you know, like the story of it is kind kind of loosely inspired by they've done a couple comic series called Tales from Vader's Castle, which are based on Tales from the Crypt, and it's just that kind of you know short one off oh, um, wow. horror story, but set in Star Wars, and they're all framed around a narrative of. Um, like a group of rebels going through Vader's castle on Mustafar and telling scary stories or being told scary stories. Um, so they kind of loosely did that, but with Lego characters. And it's after Rise of Skywalker, Poe Dameron, um, I think crash lands on Mustafar and goes to Vader's castle where there is a hut who's converting it into a like novelty hotel slash amusement park kind of thing um but there's also a guy there who i had to 
Google his name to see where he he was like in the background in Rogue One at the castle. He's like a servant there, but he's trying to get. I think it was like a lightsaber or something. There's you know some Sith relic that he was trying to get. I think there was also a holocron, but um, yeah, he he ends up telling these like short stories to uh, pass the time as they're exploring the castle trying to find these things so we get crazy enough we get kylo ren's backstory for the first time on screen in this lego special um they do like a loose adaptation of the comic of that which i've read it was okay but you know with like the knights of ren and when they went to uh, luke's jedi academy to tempt kylo to leave and join them um and the ends up doing that. Uh, they also, I, I don't think it was part of the comic. It's just a thing they made up. That, you know, they, like they are the Knights of Ren. So that's where the last name Ren comes from. The Kylo first part is that they all start calling him Kylo because Kylo means coward. Um, because, you know, like they, they're like daring him to do something. And he's like, no, I don't want to. I say, Kylo, Kylo, Kylo. And he ends up embracing oh that. And he's like, yeah, I'm Kylo. Call me Kylo. Um, and it, it, you know it's kind of cheesy and dumb, but yeah, that, that's what Kylo means. It means coward Ren, and he just he just wants to own the name, I guess. Um, but okay. yeah, now they because they yeah they do the you know, and I don't know how I guess because the it's a story within a story. It's not meant to be considered entirely canon. Plus, it's Lego, so it's not canon at all. But um, yeah, because they show. The whole thing that we kind of saw in a flashback of the Knights of Ren burning down the Jedi Temple, but I don't think they showed the part where Luke tried to kill Kylo in his sleep, which seemed like that was the thing that set off him burning everything down. So I don't know how those two backstories are meant to fit together, but whatever. I mean, you know, it was, it was fine. Yeah. Um, th there's a second story that is about uh, the <clears throat> Clone Wars Darth Maul with his robo legs. Um, goes to he goes to the, the Emperor, and I, I don't know. Somehow, both him and Grievous end up trying to go retrieve this Sith lightsaber for Palpatine. Um, and they, you know. They do a lot of puns about, um, you know, like, you don't have a leg to stand on, or, uh, um, Darth Maul cutting off Grievous' oh, arms no. and talking about being disarming. Um, yeah. They, uh. they, they do a lot of bad puns as they're chopping each other's artificial limbs off. Um, and, yeah. Uh, did I write down what the third, I think there was a third story, what was it? Oh, yeah, that, that it was the best one. Okay, so they did a what-if story of what if, you know, how Luke had wanted to join the Empire um, in A New Hope, he wanted to join the Imperial Flight Academy. He gets a Wookiee's paw, which he makes a wish on that he wants to get off Tatooine. And so an Imperial recruiter picks him up and, you know, invites him to get off Tatooine and be an Imperial pilot. So he joins the Empire, and then he wants to... I think he wants to get noticed by Vader or something, or, you know, he he gets off the planet, I think he, he's just working as, like, a stormtrooper or something, and he hates it, 
They do the the scene from Star Wars where um, a stormtrooper bonks his head on the door, and that's Luke bonking his head on the door. Um, and yeah, wait, why him? Isn't he a little short? First, yeah, they, they make that joke too. <laughs> and that you can't see in these helmets, you can't aim. Yeah, that's why he bonked his head because he can't see. Um, but then yeah, he makes a second wish on the monkey's paw that he wants to be a pilot. So they get him. You know, they. they after he makes the wish, they just happen to have an extra set of pilot gear. So he gets to be a pilot, and he... I think he, when when Vader is trying to stop the rebels from blowing up the Death Star, who are being led by Leia now, because it's an alternate timeline, um, Luke flies in to save Vader, but he screws up somehow, and the Death Star gets blown up anyway. But then, while Vader is scolding him, realizes, you know, I think he asks what his name is, and he says he's Luke Skywalker, and that's when Vader realizes he has a son, and so, because this is a different timeline, he takes him on as an apprentice. And it's just hilarious, like, the the twisted ways they reference the movies in this, because they have, like, they're running through the hallways of the Death Star with Vader riding on Luke's shoulders, like Yoda. <laughs> and then they get to the chasm that he swings across in A New Hope, and Vader leans in and kisses him and says, For luck. <laughs> it's amazing. No, that's terrifying. It's on Disney Plus. It's a Lego special, but it's pretty funny. Oh, lord! Um, That sounds great. Yeah. Another note that I just noticed I made to myself um, uh, regarding Venom Two last week and the detective guy who seemed like he was being set up for something. Turns out he's a character named Toxin in the movies, who I've never heard of. I guess he is the spawn of Carnage, so he's like. The third generation of Venom Carnage Toxin. And he's from the that, 2000s, so he was after the 90s cartoon, so I'd never heard about him. That's just what the the whole symbiote world needed was more of yeah. them. Yeah, and his design just doesn't seem as cool as Venom or Carnage. Or even like Anti-Venom is a more interesting design than Toxin. Isn't anti-venom kind of just like inverted venom? Yeah, it's like white and black. Although they yeah. should do an anti-venom that's Aunt May. Calling it. <laughs> anti-venom. Yeah. yeah, we have anti-May, so <laughs> can... let's get anti-venom. Jade, I, I, I love doing this, mm. and the past two months have been less good. Mm. Uh, because <laughs> fucking anti venom. She she opens up her face mask. Um, talking to Peter. Mm. Um. Anyway. Uh, <laughs> um. Shit. Um, yeah, and then. No, I I, I don't know. I had a I had a I had a thing. Um. Spider-Man, okay. Miles Morales. Oh, the, the video I game. I played it. Yeah, I played mm. it. It was it was good. Mm. Um, not as good as the main game, but still still good. 
Does it have any interesting um, villains that they didn't have in the first one? Um, like I assume Prowler's well, in there because he's part of his backstory. But... Yeah, he's not really a villain anymore. Okay. He like he he does he he does do like one bad thing, mm-hmm. but he he does it to protect Miles because he knows who Miles mm-hmm. is. Um, like he can he can read him right away. Mm-hmm. Um, and he doesn't get shot by the Kingpin in this one. I assume. No, the kingpin's in jail. Hmm. Um. So the the interesting villain is the Tinkerer, oh. who is not Finn, who is not Phineas Mason, but Finn Mason. Okay. Um, who is like Miles's best friend? Um, who she's the same age as him. Um. But they kind of just went on different paths, and now she's using her super science skills um, to like e- equip. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. She's she's like equipping a, a street gang um, with weapons and armor mm. um, to take on Roxon, oh. um, who who is. Who is building? Um, oh shit! What, what was the? I forget the name of the energy source, but they're they're building some kind of like not nuclear, not not nuclear, but like basically nuclear okay. like source in in the city. Mm. Um, but they they go into how it's like actually dangerous and not well tested at all. Okay, so and, like, the, it makes it's like Doctor Octopus and Spider Man too. Yeah, basically, except more like this corporation is doing things that isn't in the interest of mm. the people in the community where it Why exists. Why would they do that? Uh, <laughs> I'm not sure I can believe this much fiction. That would never happen. Um, but yeah, so. Um, so to, to to recap Miles' story in the original game, like basically he's just a kid. Um, his dad, his dad dies um, defending Norman Osborn during one of his campaign rallies because he is mayor. Hmm. Um, and the 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 whole point in the original game is that. Norman Osborn is basically tied to every supervillain in the city uh, in some way or another. But we, we're not getting into that yet. Not until the second one, which is apparently about Venom and um, Craven. Oh. Okay, if but the, not if the trailer... Possibly. Not not explicitly okay, yet, but, but I wouldn't be surprised. Secret real villain behind everything. Yeah. Yeah, like like the the same way in the original game, like they they gave um, they gave. Oh, yeah, was it Mister Negative who was in like most of the yes, like, marketing yes, material? It, it was Mister Negative. And it was really dog on yeah. Sinister Six. Right, like 
like basically the way the first game was structured it was uh um mr negative was like the the first act um the and the second act was basically the sinister six and everyone like everything basically came together with doc ock as the the final villain Mm. um but anyway, Miles' story is just, uh, he, his dad dies during one of Osborne's rallies that, um, one of Mr. Negative's men blows up, um, and attacks. Um, so, like, basically his mom gets him to start, um, volunteering at a at a shelter okay like a homeless shelter where aunt may works yeah and so he meets with peter and him and peter are like like i'm basically the only one who knows how you feel right Mm. um and then eventually um mary jane sneaks into norman osborne Borden's room like gets a spider on her um and then brings it back <laughs> to the to the feast center where it like crawls on miles and bites him oh, wow. uh, which is kind of disappointing i i think i went over this when i talked mm. about the game but it's kind of disappointing because like mary jane was just the vehicle for miles to get bit by a mm. spider and it's kind of yeah they kind they of lame spider powers. at least not until the, that happens yeah. in the comics yeah, like, I wouldn't be surprised if, <laughs> if, if like, Gwen Stacy shows up in the in the second one and she gets spider powers. From a spider brought um, by Mary Jane. Yeah. <laughs> Mary Jane just sneaks into the same place again. <laughs> gets another spider. And gets a spider on her. And sees her red hair. And, like, she's just walking. <laughs> yeah. What are, are spiders racist against redheads in in this yeah. um, scenario? Yeah. Where yeah, what yeah, jerks? Have you ever seen a redhead Spider Man? <laughs> probably. I mean, there probably is, but I don't know of one offhand. I know Carnage has red hair, but yeah. he's a symbiote who's never been exposed to a spider. Yeah, gingers have it bad enough. They should be able to get spider powers mm. too. Yeah, I mean they got bat powers. Um, we got Batgirl. Yeah, that's true. Has all the powers um, of a and Hawk Girl yeah. <laughs> has all the powers yeah. of a hawk. And I, I guess um, part of that, you know, the, the the amount of redheads showing up, especially in older comics, is just like color palette. They could color hair red easier than they could other colors. I assume. Yeah, or I, it's just more visually. Spoken. I don't. Yeah, I I think I, at some point, like you can't just have all the heroes have like blonde or black mm. hair and they can't have brown hair because that's too boring yeah. right well i mean Pete um, well he's supposed to be boring he's the boring mm. guy he is spider every man mm. <laughs> Uh, no. no um, I think we already so have anyway. Jack Everyman as the title. We don't need a spider Everyman as the title. <laughs> Jack, Jack Everyman was the 
my magnum opus and i didn't even realize it and yeah just things about ejaculation (laughs) um but yeah so the the story in miles morales is that oh and at, at the end um miles reveals to peter that he has spider powers because i guess peter is like the the cool older brother in his life at this point basically mm. does he know um, that he is that and he, peter's spider-man at that point no it's 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 just like um i, I think he's helping peter move into his apartment or the other way around they're like moving boxes or something and miles is like okay peter i have to tell somebody this so here what watch this and then he like jumps and sticks to the ceiling mm-hmm. and then peter's like oh i've got something cool to show yeah. you too and he does oh, the same that's thing good. watch me yeah, yeah like, fuck you you gotta get better at this before you can show off to me i'll try, I'll try rolling that's a new <laughs> trick or spinning, whatever. Yeah. Anyway, um, so Miles Morales starts. Um, Peter and Mary Jane are off covering the events. Um, God, I forgot what the country name was, but it's wherever Silver Sable is from. It's not Latveria. No. Hmm. It starts with an S, I think. Okay. Um, not the one um, that blew up in Age of Ultron. No, not. No, I, I'm, I'm not gonna remember it. Like even if I hear it, I'll just be like, maybe. I'm sure it's um, some vaguely Slavic sounding thing, probably. Probably. But see, like if it was a real country, I'd be able to remember it. Mm. But it's 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 a fake one that probably has like mountains of lore and. The, in the Marvel comics, but I don't remember. Yeah, probably a bunch of lore that I've never heard about, like Madripoor, when that showed up in uh, Falcon and the Cold Boy, and um, and all the articles online were like, let's talk about how important this place is that showed up in a Wolverine comic a few times or something. <laughs> it It's like that, that country that was... Um, like in like in the background of all of Justice League. Oh yeah. Um, where where like every time they they mentioned a, a country that was like destabilized, it was the same country who mm. which <laughs> which apparently went through like eighteen wars. Oh, we're talking about the good Justice over the... League. I thought it was the one with the random Russian family in uh, Joss Whedon's Justice. Oh League. no, I'm I'm talking about the animated Justice mm. League where. Yeah. The is the the country that um, Vandal Savage yeah. almost yeah. took over. Um, but anyway, enough about Vandal Savage. <laughs> Let's talk about Miles Morales for the first time mm. ever. Um, yeah, so Peter and Mary Jane are like out of the city. Peter leaves Miles like in charge as like the only Spider Man. Um. And this comes right after, like, Miles kind of botched um, a prison transport where Rhino got loose and there was a lot of property damage. Mm. Um, 
So Miles is like, he's he's basically lost his confidence that he can be the only Spider-Man for a while. Hmm. Um, and Peter's trying to reassure him that he can do it. Um, and I, hmm, I'm trying to think of what story beats happen. Like it, it takes place around Christmas, so like the there's a lot of like the city just looks mm. great. Um, like there's parts where it's snowing, and anyway, uh, yeah, like I remember um, that being like one of the better parts of Arkham Origins where they did the like Christmas version yeah. of the music. Yeah. Um shit. I'm I'm trying to think of like the order of the story. I, I played this game like a month mm. ago. Um well not a month ago, but like two weeks ago. Mm. Yeah, I um, mean a week feels like a month to me sometimes, so Yeah. Like I, I the thing is I played it like over a weekend because like it's not it's not a full game. Mm. Like it's yeah. Probably yeah, took it's me. Like budget title. Yeah, like it's like maybe a little less than half of what the original game was, but the the original game was like surprisingly long. Um, but yeah, so Miles's mom is running for like city councilor representing Harlem. Mm. Um, that. Like his his best friend Genki is living with him. Um, like he's the only one aside from Peter and presumably Mary Jane that know that he is Spider Man. Um, they have a friend over for Christmas dinner who is Miles's old friend who he's kind of lost touch with over the past few years, and. She's basically like a mechanical genius. Yes, we all know this is the Tinkerer. Mm. Um, we all know it now. Mm. Um, like I, I was, I was kind of surprised that they changed up a character this much um, for the games because they they usually don't. Because like all all the other characters, like they they have. Like they have things change from like their their usual interpretations, but not anything drastic. Mm. But like turning this eighty year old um, white dude into um like a, a teenager, <laughs> a teenage girl is I don't know. I bet there was somebody mad about it, but nobody really gives a shit about the tinker. Yeah, so. no, the, the tinker doesn't. Yeah, it's kind of a nothing character. Yeah, he he's just another like guy who can science. Yeah. There's a there's a billion of them, and he's not even one of the more interesting yeah, ones. Yeah, I mean the Tinkerer shows up in Spider-Man: Homecoming, and he looks nothing like the old man Tinkerer from the comics. He's just like yeah. a guy. I think Spectacular Spider-Man had him be kind of important, but not super important. Yeah, I'm, I think in that one he was part of the team with Mysterio and Chameleon. Yeah, I don't I don't remember exactly. It's been a while. 
Um, but yeah, so they the 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 basic story is like, oh, Roxon, Roxon is probably bad, but these underground guys who the Tinkerer is supplying are like specifically <laughs> like endangering people. So Miles Miles's mission basically becomes stop the underground, which is the the gang that she's been supplying um, with like super high tech weapons. Mm. And as as we go on, we find out more. Like Miles find, finds out that she is the Tinkerer. Um, um, he he kind of screws up more and endangers people. Um, Jameson is of course on his case because he's and even he's e- like kind of even more of a dick in this version than he usually is. Mm. <laughs> but anyway, so we we realize like at some point we learn that she's doing all this because her brother Rick was an engineer for Roxon. Mm. Um, and they they basically killed him because he he like he invented the the energy source that mm. and he was holding um, the cup. is now <laughs> like he he invented the <laughs> Jesus like I mean that that is that is what a um, a major company would do right like they would, yeah uh, yeah I'm sure Disney's they, they would kill somebody keep the rights on the character. Yeah, yeah, but you can't say it. <laughs> Nobody listens to this. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god! We can say whatever we want um, about Disney and his friends um, and all the war crimes he's committed. Well, Disney is an anti-Semite, yeah. anyway. Um, <laughs> so. We 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 find out that they they killed him because he made the energy source and he was gonna leak information to the press that hey it slowly kills people, um. So like she vows revenge on them, and the only way she can do that is by like teaming up with this um, gang of criminals who is slowly taking over New York in in the wake of. Kingpin going down, Hammerhead going down, um, Mister Negative going down, and basically like every every supervillain who has had a stake of New York um, since the first game that has been beaten by Spider Man, and like this is the new gang that has taken their place. Um, so, and, and I mean the the story isn't like super unique. Like it, it's just a, you know, it, it's a we we were like siblings once, and now we're on opposite sides. We're not so different, you and I. You know, like he, I mean, yeah, it, it's it's Obi Wan and Anakin, right? It's Batman and the Joker. And like it. What? what? <laughs> I don't know. I feel like. Like Joker must have said, "We're not so different, you and I." Batman at some time, even though everyone knows it's complete bullshit. 
but I don't know. Maybe both their <laughs> but parents. But does he know that we live in a society? Yeah. Both of our parents get killed by crazy gunmen. I might have been the crazy gunman who killed your parents, but you know, <laughs> it makes us similar. It's a really vicious cycle, Bruce. By the way, can I call you Bruce? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, he doesn't uh, uh, in post-ending whatever you want to call that final scene of the Snyder Cut. The Snyder Cut can suck mm. my dick for four hours. I mean, if if it could, if it could, I might renew my my HBO Max subscription. Yeah, I mean, if it but... could, it's renowned for how long it lasts, so. <laughs> I mean, I've I've only got so much. <laughs> well, it's just it's gonna keep sucking no matter how how tired you are. <laughs> I, I need to make a meme of um, when you nut, but it, she keeps sucking, but but like it keeps going, like she keeps sucking, <laughs> and and it's just like a. It's just like a, a guy that's like being drained by a vampire and like turning into <laughs> dust. <laughs> uh, anyway, they have a climactic final battle. Um, the guy from Roxxon goes to jail. Um, yeah, end of story. Yeah. <laughs> okay, not like I, I, so Roxxon like gave the rhino. Um, like super armor, so that um, Miles's venom attacks, which have nothing yeah, to like, do with the venom that also exists in this universe. Yeah, like why did they ever call them venom attacks to begin with? Like that—that's dumb. Yeah. Like v- Venom is like the most famous Spider-Man villain, and they—they. They, decide to call the new Spider-Man's attacks Venom. Mm. It just seems not like a good idea. Anyway, moving on. Mm, um, I just wanted to get a song from Eminem. <laughs> about his Venom. <laughs> imagine imagine when in like, what, what the, the mid-2000s when Miles was created or something like um, that? Yeah, because he was after the ultimate Peter Parker died. Which, yeah, that was like mid-late 2000s. Imagine like go, going up and saying like, like, hey, we've got this new Spider-Man. Can you write a song for him, Mr. Mm-hmm. Eminem? We'll call his attacks Venom, just saying. So- just so you can say Venom over and over and not yeah. mean anything. And because it's Eminem, he'll just sing about himself. Which, there is a new Eminem song yeah. in the credits of Venom 2. It's not nearly as catchy or memorable as the one from Venom 1. And it's pretty much just Eminem talking about how badass Eminem is again. Which is what he did in the Venom song, because but at Eminem least he used the word Venom. With Venom. <laughs> yeah. A lot. Uh... Okay, so <laughs> getting back to the yeah. story. Well, I, I thought you'd gotten to the end. Of it. So, or is there more? Well, I I did. I'm I'm going back now because I realized it was very unsatisfying the oh. way I told it. Okay. Um, well, I just killed two robots. So, ro- and those guys are a fucking pain in the ass. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, fuck fuck those guys. Um, 
So they give Rhino super armor, um, and Spider-Man and the Tinkerer have to team up to take it down because they can't. Neither of them can do it alone. And like at at this point, like they both know who the other is, and like they're kind of working their shit out. Like they don't they don't really want to fight each other, but they mm. will to do what they want to do what they are trying to do. Um. So they beat the Rhino together, and like the Rhino's basically egging Finn on it's like like I know your brother died here um you know shit like that like trying to get her mad and so like she she makes a sword with her like um her memory metal or whatever it's called and she starts to kill him <laughs> like she's trying to stab him in the eye through his armor hmm. and then Miles is like no fuck you <laughs> and kicks her into the subway where they they run off um and it sets up for the the final boss battle against her um where and at, so at, at at this point it's basically Spider-Man too right like mm. she she has set up a bomb to blow up Roxon's um like main building in Harlem but what she doesn't know that that it'll basically destroy the whole city because of course mm. it will um and miles is trying to stop her but at the end she sees what she's doing um miles absorbs all the energy like in the giant reactor that is overloading and going to blow up the mm. city and but does he stop a train Finn, by you know getting out on front of the train and um, shooting a bunch of webs and and then everybody carries him off without a mask and it's all dramatic and stuff. Close. Because right. if we're gonna do Spider-Man, um, we gotta have the train scene. It's everyone's favorite scene. I mean, earlier earlier in the game, he does start a train that the underground killed. Um, for some reason, mm. I, I think I think they're using it to move um, technologies. I, I don't remember. Anyway, um, so Miles absorbs all the energy and like he's about ready to explode because uh, er early in the game, like one of the ways you get power ups is to like absorb electrical energy from these chemical reactors. Um, and every time he does that, he, like, basically explodes into, um, like, an electrical charge. Mm. Um, and, like, disperses the energy safely. Or, re like, relatively safely. Like, everything around him is fucked, but, like, nothing explodes. Um, so now he's just drained, like, a huge reactor. Mm. And, like, he's basically about to go nuclear. So, basically, what Finn what Finn does is like use her super tech boots and jumps like five hundred feet in the air, and like let lets him explode in the air, and like 
it's okay, let go, and Miles discharges all the energy, killing her, but saving the city. Mm. Um, and then he falls to the ground, like, without his mask, um, and his mom and best friend see him, and, like, a, a few of the other um, citizens of Harlem that we've gotten to know over the course of the game see him and before the news crews can get there with um, cameras and everything they put his mask on and get him out mm. of there so yeah it is actually is pretty similar to the train scene um, in that he like like terribly harms his body to save everyone and they repay him back by not divulging his secret identity. So this game is Spider-Man 2, and the next game is Venom. Does that mean the next game is Spider-Man 3? No. <laughs> no, it has Craven. Well, I it's... mean, but is Peter going to dance? And slap Mary Jane? Oh, oh God, he, he probably will. And get the Venom suit at some point, no, the, the, and then the... get rid of it. This one has two Spider-Men, so, I mean, they can't both get the Venom suit, right? Yeah, well, I mean, it, it's a video game. It can be as long as it needs to be. It's not <laughs> limited by the uh, traditional movie length. Yeah, just have, we'll have two Spider-Men with Venom suits, and we'll have Avi Arad jacking off. Oh, well, yeah, I mean, on- only one can have it at a time unless Venom, you know, splits itself into more Venoms. But you could still have it you know, transfer throughout the game. By the way, Harry Osborn is going to be Venom. At least for part of it. Like, that, that's already... That's already been established. Like, like he... Without Venom, he will die. Um, well, so, there's die. that. Yeah, he could. And then he'll become Kendrick. Well, I... And- about kind of, that, kind of. Yeah, I was <laughs> saving it for when you were on to talk about the final revelation about Kindred. I haven't gotten the last issue yet, but I've read about what happens in it. And Kindred short story isn't Harry. Long story. Um, okay, it gets. I mean, it's gotten <laughs> weird a bunch of times during this run because Nick Spencer the guy writing it knows a lot of is a hack well I mean he is no, the one who I, made Captain America I don't say actually Hail know Hydra. Um, but he's also he knows he got better he, yeah I mean he knows a <laughs> lot of deep cut lore stuff and loves to reference it so some weird stuff has happened that's then had like a little editor's note that says this is a thing that happened at this whatever um so okay so um kindred it turns out is actually two people who are the um there was a storyline called sin's past which was the one where it was revealed that gwen stacy had sex with norman osborne and had twins who, because Yay. of the goblin formula, aged up rapidly and then disappeared because everyone hated that story and didn't want to reference those characters ever again. Um, Kindred is those two characters. 
Kindred is those two characters. Kindred is those two characters, but this story, you know, everyone thought it was going to retcon one more day, and it hasn't entirely done that. You know, there's still something going on with Mephisto and Doctor Strange doing some kind of deal, and it seems like Doctor Strange is going to have his own, you know, status quo shakeup happening in his mainline title. But, um, but so it, it turns out that I, I think what happened is that Norman Osborn, at some point in the past, had when Harry Osborn was a baby, had pledged Harry's <clears throat> soul to Mephisto in a deal for something. Um, what the fuck? Which has resulted... So, Harry, the original Harry, died of, you know, I don't know, drug overdose or something. He, the original Harry died, his soul went to hell, I think. Um, the, what the, the fuck? The Harry that came back to this life is fucked up. from Mephisto's deal with Peter, which was mainly to resurrect Aunt May and to eliminate the marriage and whatever... Which, it seems like that, you know, the Mephisto thing, like they're saying, like, the whole One More Day deal was part of his long play to get at Doctor Strange, and he didn't really care about the marriage or any of that. Um, but the, the Harry that came back was not the real Harry. It was a clone, I think. Um, but oh, then no. there, there's also a clone Harry, I think, that came about in the second clone saga that they did <laughs> a few years back. Um, and that might be, you know, this Harry, because they, they do show Harry's actual original body as a corpse, just like a skeleton that for some reason still has that weird, you know, stripy hair that him and Norman have. Um, but, uh... I feel like the hair is, like, unless it's really long, is like one of the first things to go. Yeah, no, for some reason the corp the skeleton still has hair, but whatever, um... So, Harry, you know, the Harry who exists right now Harry. is a clone. The, Her- the dead Harry, when he was alive, had uh, created and uploaded his consciousness to create an AI, which, um, <laughs> that, I don't know if it was the AI or if it was the original Harry, one of them worked with Mephisto, <laughs> no, Mysterio. Harry and Mysterio... <laughs> are the ones who <laughs> implanted fake memories in Norman to make him think that he had fucked Gwen <laughs> Stacy when he really hadn't. Um, the twins are not hers. They aren't... I guess they're kind of his, but they're they're also clones made with his DNA. <laughs> um, so, so, since they ran on since Passover by saying that Harry Osborn, as an AI, teamed up with Mysterio to implant memories in Norman to think that he had fucked Gwen. Uh, when, according to the AFM, Norman says, like, wait, so I didn't, and the Harry AI is like, no, Norman, she's too classy for you. So, so the Huck Goblin didn't happen anymore. It, it unhappened. Um, and yeah, oh so Kindred was these twins all along, and I don't know if they die again this time or not. I haven't read the comic. <laughs> I know, however, it is that it resolves. Um, ben Riley ends up becoming Spider-Man. Um, and <sighs> Peter, I, 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 I thought 
what was going to happen was that Peter finally retires with Mary Jane and Ben becomes Spider-Man. But then I was reading a thing about the issue that happens after where Peter, I guess, is still trying to be Spider-Man, but is confused when he discovers that Spider-Man is a trademarked name now belongs to some other company that has granted it to Ben Riley, so Peter can't call himself mm. Spider-Man anymore. What? I don't know. It's comics. <laughs> They're all fucking stupid. But, yeah. We spent, like, I don't know, two or three years following this kindred storyline, and that's how it ends up. It was all to retcon the Cut Goblin uh, out of existence. Uh, <laughs> oh. With a Mysterio and an AI Harry Osborn. Uh... Like, <laughs> you, like I, I thought it was funny, and then you just kept going. Yeah, that's <laughs> comics. Like Harry uploaded his mind to an AI, yep. and then the kids were actually cloned. Yep. Yeah, it's always clones. Oh no, everything's clones. Uh, yep. I wish everything wasn't clones. No, it wouldn't be Spider-Man if it wasn't all clones. Is 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 Aunt May secretly a clone? Probably. I mean, there was she did die in that uh, thing where you know he made the deal with the devil to bring her back. That was one of the things he wanted to accomplish with that. So he might not have brought her back. She might just be a clone. <sighs> the mo- the most beautiful scene in um, Spider Man twenty eighteen is Aunt May dying mm. and. Peter not being able to do anything about it because because um, he didn't know making either, a deal with the devil was a thing to do. No, it's either it's because it's either her or the city, mm. and he chooses the city because she wouldn't want him to choose her. Mm. Spider Man can be really good <laughs> um, when he's not and making deals with some, the devil and clones. Yeah, sometimes it isn't, and that's that's why it's funny, because it can be really good. I watched Into the Spider-Verse last week. Hmm. Um, it's it's It blows my mind every time I watch it, um, and I love Spider-Man, but sometimes comics are fucking stupid. But I'm glad you told me that. I needed a laugh. <laughs> yeah, and resolution for this like, three years of following this story. I didn't have to read it all out of a wiki this time. It happened in real time. <laughs> It'd probably be funny if you did. Yeah, yeah I, and maybe next week I can bring up the wiki. See if it explains the story better than I did. Because I don't remember a lot of it. You know, it was just so much that happened. Nothing is funnier than comic book plot points being told in quick succession because it's it's just a load of fucking nonsense. Mm. Yeah, and even like this storyline, it you know the, the kindred <clears throat> stuff was very sporadic about when it would happen because they did a lot of stuff in between, you know, that just kind of came out of nowhere and then went nowhere. Um, like there, there was a whole storyline about Kingpin trying to get a tablet that would give him control over life and death so he could bring his wife back or something. 
You know, like a okay, different version a... of the Spider-Verse story. Instead of reaching into another dimension, he's trying to, you know, yeah. get a tablet of life and death or something. See, like, that's kind of silly, but it still makes sense, right? Like, Yeah, and then, like, there, there was a storyline about Peter Parker's long-lost sister who's a super spy. <clears throat> and Gag me. But then, uh... The chameleon is like, well, maybe you're not actually a sister. Maybe those are all false memories that were implanted. And I don't know that that storyline was ever resolved. When did Spider-Man turn into a soap opera? Um, 1962, probably. I was going to say, like, the 80s, but maybe. Yeah, I mean... Yeah, I don't know how far back the soap goes in... uh, Spider-Man, if it was, like, there's probably elements of melodrama there the entire time, but it probably was, like, the 70s or, at least by the time Death of Gwen Stacy happened, I think that it was getting melodramatic, and so... Yeah. I I feel like uh, Death of Gwen Stacy, like, it it, it at least had a point in history where it, it was... Like, good and meaningful. Yeah. Um, Even if, you know, even if in the past, like, 30 years they kill off comic book characters and bring them back, like, nothing. Like, they they have more of a turnover than Dragon Ball does. Yeah, it was shocking. Although, unlike Dragon Ball, people actually still care about when people die. (laughs) Which is a thing I've been finding, because, yeah, I've done a lot of dragon ball stuff in the last few weeks but it's yeah all I, over I can't place. believe i fucking got you into dragon yeah. ball it's ridiculous yeah i, I never mean, thought that would happen like because i watched one disc of season nine of dragon ball z and then afterward watched a disc of the third volume of dragon ball super which i also picked up at the same time because i just wanted to see because that one it, it is i guess in the story of Super, there was there's like a tournament with just universes six and seven before the big tournament happens, and that one yeah. starts in this volume. So, okay, yeah. So, so I want to see that one because I, I, I know my favorite characters are from Universe Six. Uh, the the hot girls. Yeah. yeah <laughs> speaking of which, Caulifla is being added to Xenoverse Two as DLC apparently. Kefla yeah. is already in there, and Android Twenty One is in still there supporting it. in her Hot Librarian version. Um, nice, but uh, yeah, no, I, I saw a thing. Caulifla's in the next pack being added to. It. I can't believe they're still supporting Xenoverse. Hmm. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, like, because I've Just I've like... played a bunch of now of Xenoverse Two, Fighter Z, and <clears throat> some of Kakarot. And of the three, I think I like the Xenoverse fighting system the best. It just feels like it flows the best. Yeah, I, I feel like it, it's more, like, arcade instead of being straightforward. Yeah. I mean, yeah, like Kakarot uh, of, of the three games seems like the best at adapting the story. And getting, like, yeah. all the aspects of the story that you don't normally get in these, you know, beat-em-up action games. Yeah. The, the whole point of Kakarot is that um, Dragon Ball games don't don't really tell the, the story of Dragon Ball Z anymore because hmm. 
there's a billion of them and they they have to they have to change it up a little um so kakarot is like we we haven't actually told the story of dragon ball z in a video game in like 15 years Mm. so here you go yeah and And it's it's very good at doing that yeah one thing yeah like it, it was fun but it feels like there's i don't know i feel like with all these maybe it's just a bandai namco thing they put in a lot of menus and i you know it takes me a while to figure out which uh, of them i can ignore and which ones i actually have to pay attention to that that's yeah like kakarot has way too many features that don't fucking matter yeah like kakarot you know they, they told me like okay so you make a connection with these people now you have to put them on your relationship grid and you've got multiple relationship grids, and you know you got to slot these characters in. And like, I don't know enough about them to know which one I should even put them in. So I'm just going to ignore just, that part and hope it doesn't really affect much. Just put put all the people who are good at Z fighting into Z fighting, mm. um, <clears throat> and put all the people who are good at training into training and you, you'll be you'll get the fight bonuses and you'll do all right mm. yeah i mean like everything I, else is kind of superfluous yeah i don't really care about the cooking mini games so i don't think i'm gonna bother <laughs> figuring out who would be the, good at cooking to put into that the the stat boosts are so minimal it doesn't matter that much because mm. like the, the whole point of cooking is is like oh you've got You've got fifteen hundred more um, more hit points now. It's like I'm at level forty. I have one and a half million mm. hit points. Yeah, and, uh, and I set the <laughs> difficulty like, to very easy, so it doesn't matter that my level is super low. Yeah, yeah. I, I don't. I don't think the game was super hard in the first place, as long as you do all the main missions and side missions. Mm. And even even the the side missions, like a lot of those, were not super interesting. Yeah, but yeah, like like Xenoverse <clears throat> two, I finished the main storyline. Um, I have not. I, I've been trying to pass the God Exam, but Gotenks is a fucking prick, and I can't beat. Like I can you know easily beat everyone up to him, but then he deals so much damage with his ghost attack that I can't can't seem to dodge it and can't seem to get hits in fast enough to take him down um but then i discovered because i you know i figured like okay well i if i hit a dead end here i guess i'm done with the game um i discovered there's a whole like huge series of parallel quests i haven't even touched so i've started working head started working through those before metroid came out and i'll get back to it after i finish metroid oh what what were those again? Because I, um, I don't. They're, they're just like a lot short arcadey kind of. You know, there's just like a list, and it's a lot of like remixed events from the show. You know, it'll be like uh, the the fight with Raditz, and you just um, either it'll be like Raditz is on your side and you're fighting Goku and Piccolo, or uh-huh. you're helping them beat Raditz, or you just like fight 10 cybermen and also raditz um <laughs> and like, just stuff like that it's just you know quick beat em up things that i'll do to level up my character and also just for the fun of playing with this combat system 
Yeah, I I really like Xenoverse. Um, but I never really wanted to go back to it because that I, I don't know. Like it, it never really like it's good for what it is, but it's not something I really think about. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> like it like I I remember getting it cuz I was like I haven't played a Dragon Ball Z game in forever. And I got it and I was like yeah, this is a Dragon Ball Z game. I'm I'm good. Mm. Um, and then they came out with like four other Dragon Ball Z games that I I did play. So <laughs> yeah, I, I guess it's kind of impressive that you know they've made a bunch of them, but they're all like different in their style and control scheme and everything. Like they feel unique compared to each other. <clears throat> Yeah, because like the the Xenoverse and the the Kakarot fighting systems are similar. Yeah, but like they're they're still unique to their own games. Yeah, I mean like the buttons like, are mapped like, differently, and like Goku fighting style and Kakarot tends to be more like flash step getting close and attack or flash step dodge, whereas like the Xenoverse one is a little more customizable and. A lot of either stringing yeah. together punches and key blasts, and you know, to charge up your special attacks and then use your special attacks, or um, like the flash step in that I really only use if like I mean close quarters combat with someone and they throw a punch and then I flash step behind them and try to punch them before they counter punch. Yeah. I don't. I don't think I ever really fully understood how that system worked. Mm. <laughs> be honest like while i was playing yeah i mean I kind of like oh i'm i'm getting hit spam the spam the dodge button yeah yeah, yeah. it's like so, someone starts hitting you or is about to hit you you hit the dodge button flash behind them and then start chaining some attacks together while they're off balance yeah i i thought the the kakarot um fighting system was a lot easier to grasp mm. yeah it's, maybe it's be- a little simpler. because it yeah, there's also not 80, 80 different special moves you can learn. So. Yeah, I, I picked moves that I'm comfortable with, and I just stick with those. Instead of yeah. having to learn them all and figure out which one is the actual best one. I don't remember what moves I used a lot in Xenoverse. Like, I think I used Frieza's moves a lot. Mm. Um, and b- by the time I got Broly's moves, I was like, okay, I'm just Broly now. Mm. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I've been using like the ten times Kamehameha and the perfect Kamehameha, and uh, consecutive blast is just a fairly easy one that can usually hit. Like the problem with the Kamehamehas is that uh, a lot of times, it, like the the person you're aiming at will just dodge, and it's just you're just yeah. shooting a straight beam at them, so you can't really adjust it. It doesn't home in on them if they just move out of the way. Yeah, I I know one of one of Broly's moves. Like he he just threw like four homing missiles in a row, and like at least three of them are probably gonna hit mm. because they they might dodge one, but then they'll get hit by the second, and then get stun like stun locked into getting hit by the third and fourth. It was ridiculous. Mm. <sighs> I should play Xenoverse again, maybe. I might do that. Mm. I'll, I'll probably download it and play it for like a half hour and, <laughs> and delete it. 
Yeah, I mean, I got it on a sale for like ten bucks. So. Same for yeah. Fighter Z, and that one I think came with some of the DLC. It wasn't a lot of the DLC. Yeah, I don't plan on buying any DLC for any of it. Mm. Like I, I looked into the DLC for Kakarot just to see if like they they did any any movies or anything like that. Mm. But it it was it was basically just like yeah they kind of go into super, but it's mostly just mostly just grinding up levels until you can fight Frieza. I was like I don't want to do that. Um, and they they did the. I think they they did the the Trunks movie where um, it's uh, Trunks' story from the the bad future where everyone dies and Android 17 and 18 um, are killing everybody. Okay. Um, And that did sound interesting, but I was kind of just tired of the game by that point, so I didn't didn't get it. Mm. I might get it sometime in the future. Yeah. Sounds like it might be interesting. And hopefully doesn't include grounding up 300 levels. Mm. Yeah. Um, <sighs> yeah, I think the only other new game I've gotten lately was um, Nickelodeon All-Stars Brawl. Which, I'm just, yeah. uh, it, for what it is, it's good. I think it's overpriced. I think if it was twenty or thirty dollars, that would be more fair for what they're offering. Um, it's basically just the the basic fighting, isn't yeah. it? Like it, it like there, there's no yeah. There, there's like, a battle mode, which is basically like the free for all Smash Brothers mode, and there's an arcade mode that's like the Smash Brothers. You know, fight a bunch of battles in a row, and um, and that one unlocks the like art like concept art and stuff in the experts gallery but all the fighters are unlocked from the start so it it's really more of a party game to play with friends than it is like a solo experience and it has an online mode i'm never going to use that um but yeah like it, it feels kind of you know just basic fun if you have friends to play it with i guess yeah, it and like it the, the sounds... fighting system works, but it feels a little weird when you're expecting it to be like Smash Brothers, because for the most part you don't charge up attacks. You know, you just you push the button and it attacks. It's almost like Smash sixty four hmm. that way, uh, except it has yeah. three attack buttons. There's special, there's light hit, and there's heavy hit. But the light hit and the heavy hit don't feel that different in terms of speed you know, usually in games where they separate those like the light hits you'll be chaining those together really fast and the heavy hits take some time but do more damage and they both feel like all the attacks feel kind of slow really mm. yeah i i did look at the some of the steam reviews and i think like one of the the first ones was it's basically smash 64 except faster Hmm. I haven't played Smash 64 in a while, so I don't remember how fast that was. I the game doesn't feel that fast to me. 
Like it, it feels mm-hmm. pretty slow. Maybe I'm just comparing it to modern Smash. But... Yeah, I mean, uh, they were apparently trying to do melee, mm. which is weird. Yeah, I mean, me- melee had so many like like secret subsystems that people didn't figure out for like 15 years. Yeah, and Melee, from what I remember of it, had a lot of dodging involved in like when you get to like the high, higher level opponents and stuff, you need to learn how to block and do like rolling dodges so that it's like they come at you with an attack and you quickly roll behind them and then you start attacking. And Yeah, I think M- Melee's movement is, prob- is like one of the most... Um, like weird and advanced in like any fighting game ever mm. yeah and in like, this game you cannot roll and dodge you can block but even that doesn't really feel worth it a lot of the time it's kind of hard to do that hmm. sounds like my style well where i never block or dodge and just punch people with donkey kong yeah. And even, like, (laughs) jumping feels kind of weird, because in Smash, there is a jump button, but also, if you push up on the stick, it it jumps. And in this one, there's just a jump button. So pushing up on the stick does nothing. Okay, I actually kind of like that, because I, I, I always thought jumping with the stick was kind of awkward in Smash. Hmm. Yeah. But, but I mean that, that that's just me. Yeah. So, like, yeah, the, the game. Like, if it goes on, you know, if you weren't immediately sold on it by the concept, I'd say wait for it to go down in price and then you know maybe try it out if it still sounds interesting. You know, yeah, like I, I, I'm more interested in seeing what they do in the future than in this game on its own. Yeah. The the reason why I I looked into it and didn't get it is. Because there there doesn't seem to be anything to it other than the core fighting, yeah. and like I'm not really into like the Smash Brothers style fighting anyway. Mm. Like I, I I think it's fun to um, like punch people until they fly off the screen at five thousand miles an mm. hour. Um, like it doesn't really catch me like. I don't know, like, the the Smash games always have a lot of polish that make them fun. Mm. Like, I, I, I don't know. But, like, even, even, like, Smash 64, like, it always felt bigger than what it actually was. Like, a, a fighting game with, like, eight characters in it. Yeah. But, I, I don't know. Like, the, the novelty of it being Nicktoons is doesn't like it, it's it's interesting to me but not enough for me to to buy a game where all it is is just punching people again yeah i mean <laughs> i know? like it as like a casual fighting game that also takes advantage of having like a big cast of familiar characters um yeah you know i mean i like i was gonna say it'd be nice if more like games and fighting games took advantage of having like famous characters in them but then i remember like the mortal kombat games usually do that in like the dlc they'll have freddy and jason and whatever horror characters yeah which is cool yeah, i mean that fighting system feel because that's like the 1v1 you know arcade style 
um, fighting game. It, it doesn't feel quite as loose and silly and fun as like the Smash Brothers platforming fighter style, which you don't see nearly as often as those like one v one side scrolling uh, or yeah like like that you know yeah. Street Fighter esque um, fighting game. Yeah, like Smash Brothers got as big as it is because, like, it, it it's not your average fighting game. Like, and it had the the characters and all that. Like, it, it wasn't like if, if Smash sixty four was a terrible game. Like, it wouldn't be a franchise. Mm-hmm. Um, but like it it actually had new ideas. Um, that they really took advantage of for Melee. And then Melee was so good that um, people made it competitive. That it spawned an obsessive fan base that has never let it down. Yeah. Yep. And then when they made Brawl, they said, fuck that fan base. (laughs) We're going to put in Tripping. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) And then in 4, they're they're like, well, I guess we need those people back, but we've got so many characters at yeah. this point what are we even doing yeah and like where do you even go from ultimate mm. yeah i mean if they can't renegotiate all the contracts to get those characters back in the next one it's it's gonna feel weird yeah like i i don't think you can go bigger than ultimate mm. Cause like like what what are you gonna do at this like who are you gonna add at this point that matters well that isn't just like a name yeah I mean there's definitely people they could add because there's I I I mean like like from new franchises not like not just adding like you know Crystal or Waluigi or whoever mm. I mean I mean like what what franchise are you gonna, like Halo I guess is like the one yeah i mean <laughs> like the one like, big like franchise and crash but... bandicoot and doom slayer like, and probably a the... thousand japanese ones that i don't know or like, care about like well even like monster hunter has international appeal but yeah like even like they, they have monster hunter characters in there yeah yeah and then they made it a costume instead of a character yeah like like i i just like like Halo was never on a like it, at least all these franchises like they have a significant part um, of their legacy on Nintendo. Mm. Yeah, like, that's probably why they don't Master do Chief. Master Chief. Yeah, like because like like Kingdom Hearts like it, it doesn't have the the main numbered games on there. Yeah, it was more of a handheld thing for like, Nintendo, but. But yeah, like they—that's th- the thing. There's three main Kingdom Hearts games, and there's like 15 handheld spinoffs. <laughs> so it's like, okay, the majority of Kingdom Hearts actually is on Nintendo. Hmm. Well, and like Metal um, Gear had, you know, the NES one and Twin Snakes before uh, yeah. Snake got added to Brawl. So they've kind of been ignoring yeah, like it, that like, requirement of a Nintendo legacy. Yeah, I mean, Metal Gear did start on Nintendo, though, so, like, even even if the, the most important parts of it 
Yeah, well, I mean, it, it started on Nintendo, but also, what was it, the MSX, I think? The, I the Nintendo <laughs> Metal Gear game, it was the first game, but it was like a crappy port of it, where they cut the final yeah. boss out and replaced it with a giant computer. Oh, no. Yeah, yeah you know, you, they, they couldn't have you fight a Metal Gear, so they had you fight a giant computer instead. And then they made Snake's Revenge uh, as a crappy... Well, I, I've i heard good things from Squid Cap, who plays every video game ever, um, about <laughs> Snake's Revenge <laughs> as a game, even though I don't think um, Kojima liked it, which is why he went and made Metal Gear 2, the MSX one, that is like, the official Metal Gear team. Yeah, I... Metal Gear's legacy is like I I I don't know enough about it to, to be honest. I'm trying to follow, but I can't. Mm. You know, I mean, you're probably better off in that. Metal Gear is <laughs> well. I guess you know it, it, it's kind of like Kingdom Hearts, but there's just too much lore. The darkness. If you follow down that rabbit hole, it, it just keeps going and going. Wait till I tell you that the the heartless are hearts without bodies and mm. <laughs> no bodies are bodies without mm. hearts. <laughs> yeah, and Snake is one of three clones, although there were eight of them, but most of them they killed in gestation to make the two more competitive. I, I, I think Solidus was probably separate, like a separate batch of clones or something. Um, and they're all clones of a guy who uh, did a bunch of stuff in some prequel games, but then in his third prequel, where it seemed like it was his turn to be the bad guy, actually turns out it wasn't him. It was a doctor who had been transformed through plastic surgery to look like him, and actually that is the big boss who is the final boss of Metal Gear 1, but the big boss who we know from Metal Gear Solid 4 is actually the metal the, the big boss who Snake fought in Metal Gear 2, the the MSX one, not the Snake's Revenge one. Sure. Yeah. <laughs> Metal Gear Solid 5 was weird. It it really was it took what could have what the trailers made seem like a really cool conclusion to this villain origin story and just made it so fucking convoluted. Yeah, I, like I in the last 5 minutes just ignoring all the other crazy bullshit that happened in the game itself. That final twist reveal that the character you're playing is actually one of the doctors on the helicopter from Ground Zeroes and that the big you know that there's another big boss who's the original big boss and he's out there somewhere and that's why big boss was so much of a crazy asshole in metal gear one and you know compared to how he was in metal gear two because there were actually two big bosses it's weird (laughs) um well we're getting close to two hours was there anything else venture brothers oh should we talk about Venture <laughs> Brothers? We <laughs> have ten minutes left in the episode. I mean, 
at, at this point, I don't know what to say about it. It's just very cool. It's ridiculously referential. Yeah, I mean, like, um, I, you know, I, I think I've seen bits of it when I was in college just having Adult Swim on. Um, but I hadn't actually, like, watched the whole thing. And now that I've seen it, it's, it's a fun show. I don't really know what to say, except that I wonder for people watching it who don't know about classic Hanna-Barbera action cartoons, how much sense it makes, or if you just take it all at face value, I guess, that it is, like, con- it starts off as a parody of Johnny Quest, and even throughout its run, it has direct references to Johnny Quest and some of the characters from that show. But, yeah, uh, I mean, over time, it evolves into more of a, like, espionage, but also a superhero story, but also, I don't know, just, just a whole lot of stories. It's like the character, they, they started off with parodies of Johnny Quest and just let those characters run in the direction they wanted to run and yeah i i I think i think the monarch just kind of pulled it in the whole superhero direction Mm, yeah and they kind of just ran with that for a a bit yeah because he was like a super friends legion of doom guy who then yeah that became like the focus of a lot of the story yeah and then and then they they made Brock a, a secret agent, so mm. they they brought in the whole. It it gets more convoluted as it goes, but not not in like a dumb way. Mm. Um, yeah, it was weird. Like oh, Brock Sampson was such a big part of the early seasons, and then he kind of takes a back seat for a while. Yeah, like the 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 last like three seasons, all he all he really does is like sit around and fight people. When he gets the chance, mm. which I—I I mean, he doesn't really do much more than that in the first season either, I guess. Mm. But he feels more important, at least. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Because you know the the Johnny Quest parody. He's the race bannon of the team. The like bodyguard. Who's also the greatest yeah. action man of all of them? I, I, I like how in the first season he he's like psychotically murderous. Mm. Um, but then they drop that off pretty quick because like if we if we're making eight seasons of this, we probably want him to be likable. Mm. Yeah, I mean, even like Doc. Well, Doctor Venture is kind of a... Oh, he's made to be unlikable. Yeah, I mean, he's like stealing his kid's kidneys early in the the show's run, but then, I mean, he you know, was cloning like extra body. He, he He's like Rick from Rick and Morty if there wasn't any you know, sense like, Rick and Morty is sometimes seems confused about whether or not you're supposed to think Rick is a dick when Rick is totally a dick. It's like Doctor Venture is that, but he's he's a dick and he's pathetic, and he's always a dick and he's always pathetic. Yeah, he <laughs> he he's a beta male who thinks he's an alpha yeah. male, and I I I hate to use that <laughs> I hate to use those terms, but that that's basically the only way I could think mm. of it to to describe him. 
Yeah, I mean, you know, like, the, there's shots of, like, we get to see his junk in this show. Especially, like, the later seasons <laughs> when they were allowed to go, like, full TVMA. Yeah. Um, yeah, like, like uh, apparently the first few seasons, like, the like they they self-censored mm-hmm. and then in the last few seasons um like that i guess adult swim censored the show themselves mm-hmm. i i i guess yeah i mean it might have been like the I don't... whole like family guy trend of you censor it for the tv version but then you make it so there's an unrated cut so you can have all the profanity and nudity show up in the dvd versions to get people to buy dvd yeah. versions so, so you can see um, an old man's yeah. junk if you really want yeah, to. Shriveled little penis. And also, I guess tits. Yeah. Um, in, in the last yeah. season. So, so yeah, that that's that's all there is to Venture Brothers is nudity. Yeah. <laughs> Just double checking my notes because it has been like a month since I saw it. Um, yeah, like I, I don't, I don't know what to say about it because it's like it, it has very good jokes, but what, like, we're, we're at that point where like, do we just say the jokes that we liked? Mm, you have to. I don't remember a lot of specific jokes except like the very end because I just like you know throughout the show like it, the story make some big changes and events and stuff happen but i had no idea like where is this going and where's it going to end up and so by the end of it it's like well that was fun i don't know if... I, I don't it almost feels like it should have ended like a season before where it ended like the last season feels yeah. like they'd gotten the go-ahead to keep going and then we're told to stop yeah, it, it it's almost like they thought the show was going to end like four times, yeah. and they they made uh, season finales that reflect that. Yeah. But they they didn't think the show was going to end on the actual series finale. Yeah, where it just ended with like like it was funny. What was it? Dean had the cheap Adam West Batman mask, and he's doing the yeah. dramatic monologue as he's walking through a crowd, you know, unknown, and then no, turns. That, that, and that, that was Hank. Like a, stupid mask on yeah that was hank oh, okay yeah i couldn't remember which one was which hank is the blonde one that is maybe a clone of brock mm. and, <laughs> and dean's the nerd and yeah the De- dean's the one who is almost definitely a clone of dr venture mm. like i they which is we- like they say they have a mom but they never say who it is and in in the the last season, they imply that Dean is just a clone of Doctor Venture. Mm. Yeah, it would it would make because, sense because um, Taika Waititi robot. Because <laughs> like Taika Waititi robot just says, um, "Okay, goodbye, Doctor Venture," mm. when he's talking to Dean, or goodbye, Rusty, or something. Oh yeah. Also, my my favorite character is Red Death, and I wait. I wish he got more screen time mm. because he he is just angry, Mister Krabs. Mm. 
Yeah, and since, you know, I'd only seen it, like, in bits and pieces before, I didn't realize how much of an arc, like, the Monarch and Dr. Girlfriend have. Yeah, like, they're basically the main characters. They're the only ones that actually change. Like, oh, like, like, consistently change. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and, and 21. Hmm. Who, I don't, I don't know if they're trying to make fun of, (laughs) like, weird nerds. Or if they think they're cool. Mm. <laughs> but I know the people who made it have to be weird nerds, so I think I know which one it is. Yeah, I mean, if you're going to reference uh, this much old Hanna-Barbera, you've got to be a nerd. Yeah. Oh, it, my w- one of my favorite things that happens um, is the, the, the way that Dr. Girlfriend knows that... Um, that henchman 21 is fake is that he he references something from the 2000s instead of like the 80s Mm. like he says something about totally spies Mm. (laughs) and she's like wait this might be a trap also david bowie for no reason Mm. just because they thought it'd be cool i guess but he's not actually david bowie yeah He's a shapeshifter who who took the form of David Bowie. Mm. So yeah. Well, I mean, Duck Dodgers had. Um, well, what was it? The musician. Dave Mustaine. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Cartoon <laughs> you Network. Sure did. Warner Brothers going through their uh, people. They have licensed to Warner Music, probably. See which ones they can get on a TV show. Like, why the fuck was Dave Mustaine on Duck Dodgers? <laughs> I don't fucking get it. I don't. I don't understand it, and that's what makes it funny. Mm. Like, it it makes no sense at all. Like, why why Megadeth for a kid show? Yeah, I mean, why a lot of the stuff in that show? Everyone, go go watch the video for Sweating Bullets by Megadeth. See Dave Mustaine talk to himself. Do it. Do it. We're, we're gonna we're gonna just <laughs> do it, bitch. You won't. <laughs> yeah. Um. Okay, we got anything else to talk about? Because I I do, but my mouth is tired, so mm. maybe next time. Yeah. Well, I mean, I think we covered everything. Um, do we have a joke to hand on? Um. Shit. That's good enough. the worst way to end a podcast. <laughs>